Cafe on RX Radio and I hope you're all doing good. Thank you for joining us for another beautiful conversation. Today my guest is known as the Black Rose. I have Achidri Allen David Sunday Booney joining me. He is a youth coordinator at Refuge and boy oh boy has he been busy. He is a certified business training coach on Street Business School as well as teaching entrepreneurship. I have questions. He works as a coordinator of Young Men at risk mentorship program at Amani Sasa to offer safety, wholeness, and empowerment to urban refugees. He heads the youth ministry at Trinity Chapel, Kampala. He writes, he's a poet, he acts as well, and he's passionate about young people. So welcome, welcome, Alan. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Crystal. Thank you for welcoming me to your show. Actually, I just listened to your podcast most of that some few days ago oh wow well thank you for for listening in and (laughs) it's lovely to have you it's lovely to have you aka the black rose oh yes Mm. (laughs) but before that i mentioned five names (laughs) yeah yeah, let's start with the five names yeah so my Mm -hmm. parents were catholic okay initially my names were alan sunday Okay, just Alan Sunday. Yes. Mm-hmm. So when they took me for baptism, and you know how religion, mm-hmm. and they're like, no, you must give him a Christian name. Uh-huh. So they're like, mm, David. Okay. Yeah. So that is how David came in. I was born on a Sunday. That's why it's uh- Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So an archery, it was to do with my Ugandan heritage. Okay. Because my dad is from Arua. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I just got to learn that it means it's some kind of relief when they name you that name. Like, it means I have suffered. Oh my now goodness. It's like that sigh. And uh-huh. <sighs> like it's over. Yeah, but it's over. We've it's been a, there, but now. <laughs> yeah, it's done. So okay. that's how it came up. And So you said your dad is from Arua, but yes. you grew up in Kenya. Yes, I did grow up in Kenya. Okay. Yes. Where in Kenya? So two places. Mm. That is in the western part of Kenya. That mm. was Kakamega District. Okay. And then my dad moved to another. He was a doctor. He moved to another hospital. That is in Kisumu. That's mm-hmm. where I've been. Okay. So Kisumu Maseno area. That's where I've been for over 18 years. Oh, wow. Okay. So how did you cross back into Uganda? Was it with your father still or school? No, it was school because, you know, love makes people do crazy things. Sometimes, eh? That's the story. Yeah, I told my dad, why can't you go back? And he was like, no, I'll stay here with your mom. So... That was it. Yeah, and I was like, okay, good, all right. Mm-hmm. So he decided to bring all of us to study from here. So all my siblings did study from here mm-hmm. up to university level, and they went back to Kenya, but I chose to stay. You chose to stay. Yes. Well, it's nice to have you here, and you're doing amazing things. Yes, we're trying, mm. we're trying. There was a calling. <laughs> there was a calling that kept you here. Yeah, it's a calling. I believe, and also I just wanted to get in touch with my heritage. Yes. Like, I didn't want to let it go. Uh-huh. You're mm-hmm. like, my dad is Ugandan. Let me go and find out yeah, what Uganda is all about. I visited our home without his knowledge. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, he didn't know. I just tried to get in touch. I was like, yeah, we used to have cousins that would visit us in Kenya. So mm-hmm. I tried to find them, I get them, and I'm like, hey, I'm coming over. I just want to see that place. Oh my gosh. When you told him, what did he say? I called him and I was like, yeah, it's your home. You, mm-hmm. you do whatever you want to do. It's your home. 
yeah look I, at you <laughs> <laughs> yeah were so you happy what with I, what you found yeah it's a good place i like mm. the people like the how hospitable they are but the only unfortunate thing was mm. they really wanted me to speak lubara and those guys are so proud Mm-hmm. <laughs> and all the conversations were in Lugbara and there's nothing I could understand. I'm like, no, we blame your father. <laughs> so it was hard to communicate. Yeah, that was a challenge. Like you will speak our language. Yes. Mm. And the good thing, my uncle would translate in English okay. and all that. But I was like, no, you need to learn. Or like, no, I think I'm too old to learn a new language. <laughs> Not everyone is good with languages. True, true. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. There's some people who pick them up like this. Just Mm-hmm. Other people, you're like, huh? Yeah, it's that hard. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. So you studied here. Is that even university? Yes. So I've been at KIU. I did uh, Bachelor of Arts in Communications, mm-hmm. Mass Communication. Mass Communication. Okay. In my final year, I got a job to oh. work as a youth coordinator at Refugee and Hope International. And I was like, okay. Okay. I think I'm good at these books first wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you said you got a job so you didn't graduate. Yes, I did finish the course. Okay. But in that process I got an opportunity to work as mm-hmm. like okay. And once you started working you yeah, felt like Yeah, it was so hard for me to go back. Okay. And, uh, but I do still have Was it because the money was good or did it feel like you had found a place where you were making a difference, you were enjoying the work? So I loved media, but now I think my calling has been in the with the youth. Mm. So when I got an opportunity to work with urban refugee youth mm-hmm. through the director who we used to play basketball together, and I was like, "You're passionate about the youth. You come. I need someone." Mm-hmm. And that's how it started. And now I got so engrossed in work, and by the time they were telling me, "Hey, you need to come and take your stuff," I'm like, ah, "Come on, my employability is beyond <laughs> that paper." <laughs> okay well you'd found your path and yeah. now that you mentioned basketball I'm mm. like oh okay because you're also a basketball coach yes I do coach basketball so, so you played basketball all through yes, school yes I did mm-hmm. I did play basketball until was it 2012 mm-hmm. when I broke my kneecap <laughs> oh wow sorry yeah mm-hmm. and uh, since then I I stopped playing active basketball in terms of playing for a club and all mm-hmm. that. So I decided to just play for fun mm-hmm. and coach because I saw it as a tool of reaching to the young people. Like, hey, guys. Everything <laughs> is leading you back yes, there. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. But at the time, I'm sure it must have been heartbreaking. Were you playing competitively? Like, professionally yes, and almost? it was so unfortunate. And <laughs> there was. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. It was a tournament. In fact, that's when I got the injury. That was back in Kenya. Mm. So, and guys thought, my team thought I was scared to play the finals. So, I feigned the injury. I was like, no, guys, this thing is broken. They didn't believe it. They didn't believe it because the team we were going to meet in finals was a tough team. (laughs) (laughs) So, everyone was like, no, this is phobia. I'm like, no, guys, I can't even walk. I'm very serious. But and it must have been painful. Very it was painful, painful because mm-hmm. I couldn't walk and all that. But mm. at the end of it, I was like, yeah. So I got into coaching now. Okay. Yes. Did it heal well? Yeah, but I do walk with kind of a limp. Because mm. I know it's quite a serious injury. <laughs> yes, it, yeah. it can, you know, you can live with it. So I had it, stayed two years. I was like, let me try and play. I went back. Mm-hmm. Again, it got hurt. I was oh. like, no. 
let me not do this anymore. Let I me think, leave that. Yes. Okay. So that very first job that mm. you got and you know kind of changed the course of your life at that yeah. point. Mm. Uh what exactly were you doing? So Refuge and Hope International works with urban refugees. It's a school that offers English as a second language. Okay. So they had a lot of young people that were there and all they could do was study English and nothing else. They weren't studying any other subjects? No, because those are refugees. Mm-hmm. So we just get an opportunity for you to learn English. Mm-hmm. After that, you can transition to something else. Okay, okay, that makes sense. So mm-hmm. like, so my former boss, we used to play basketball together. Mm-hmm. So one of these days is like, hey, come, we need to talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Actually, I think if I'd met the wife, I'll not have got the job. <laughs> <laughs> crazy thing to say yeah true i would not have got the job because first of all the last encounter i had with him Mm -hmm. we almost fought at the basketball court (laughs) wow yes so we go and it's like so the one that's supposed to interview me delays to come who is the wife Mm -hmm. but then i see it's him and i just froze i was like my god no no not this guy again (laughs) (laughs) So, but I like him because he's white and I don't think he harbors grudges. So he let it go. The beef yeah. was left on the court. Yeah, and we didn't, in fact, I didn't have an interview. We talked basketball two hours. <laughs> <laughs> and then from there, like, okay, we can work together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come, come. Let's mm-hmm. you come and meet the youth. What can you do with them? I was mm-hmm. like, no, there's a lot I can do. I've been working with the youth before in Kenya, so. Mm-hmm. There's something I can do. Okay. So my first thing I did with them was have a talent show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay. we did a talent show. It was a fundraiser. So we raised some good money. I was like, yeah. No, you stay. Okay. I need you here. So I worked with him for like six years. Whoa. Okay. Yes. And in that time, is that when we discovered that we could act? Mm-hmm. No, I used what was to. That? No, I used to act back in Kenya. Really? Yes. Uh, you know Kenya how the school system is. Mm-hmm. Music, drama is kind of mandatory. In all schools. In all schools. So we have interclasses. We have inter. Like competitions? Interhouses, yes, yeah. competitions. So, mm-hmm. and you have to do, it's all you guys that do the scripting. It's also, you have to learn everything. Wow. So that started way back in Kenya when I was in primary school. Mm-hmm. I used to do poetry. Then, uh, actually, my dad wanted me to be a doctor like him. <laughs> I'm hearing acting, <laughs> I'm hearing poetry, I'm hearing basketball, but yes. dad was like, medicine. Medicine. And he used to cane me every time I'll go on the basketball court. Oh my goodness. Now, but you didn't stop. I didn't stop. So I remember one night I was writing a script. Mm-hmm. So he wakes up, he finds me rehearsing, going through the lines. He's like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going through these lines. He's like, there are better things for you to do with life. What are you doing right now? Mm-hmm. Can you go to bed? And I remember telling him, you know, the only way for me to stop this, just cut off my head. Because all these ideas just keep coming into my head and I will wake up, I will write them down. So just try something different. So What yeah. was his response? <laughs> <laughs> no, I went to bed because that guy was tough. <laughs> But you said your piece. Yeah, yeah. You said your piece yes. when you went to bed. Yeah, I was like, yeah. So, but then my mom was like, no, keep doing it. Keep mm. doing it. It's a good thing. Do you your know? mom was encouraging yeah, you. Yeah, keep doing it. And 
if it wasn't for that don't think i'll be working right now because that was like my entry point to so many places all right yeah. your dad wanted you to do medicine because yes. he was a doctor yes and you said he was very strict very tough, but mm. you being the firstborn, eh? yes. there's something that I think all firstborns, <laughs> you need to have like your conference together, sit down yeah. and talk about your experiences. We should, we should. Mm-hmm. I think we should form an association or something. <laughs> it's going to be helpful. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So how many mm. siblings do you have? Five. Five. So we are five guys. Like we form a basketball team. Yeah. Whoa. Mm. That must have been interesting growing <laughs> up. I hope not too much fighting. No, we never used to fight. When our mom realized we are only guys, she made sure that all of us learned everything. So some of us, the last time we saw a maid, we were in P3. Wow. I like your mom. (laughs) (laughs) So you'd come from school, make sure you're going to prepare meals for yourself. No one Mm -hmm. is going to do that. So Mm -hmm. we had to learn all those chores and all that. Mm -hmm. So it really helped us. Yeah. So when we were growing up, I'm like, no, I think I... I know how to cook. Mm-hmm. I know how to do laundry. It's fine. I know how to clean. I <laughs> yes. know you know how to take care of a home. Yes. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So mm. you said you're with Refuge and Hope International yes. for six years. Yes. Okay. Where did you move to after that? So from Refuge and Hope came COVID, mm-hmm. and now that meant they had to suspend the programs, mm-hmm. especially the funding and all that. Mm-hmm. So that's when I moved to Amani Sasa. Okay. So Amani Sasa is also another organization working with urban refugees. Mm-hmm. Yes. So okay. that's where I moved to. Okay. So there is where I work as a, a young man at risk mm-hmm. coordinator. Yes. What does that mean, young men at risk? So the young men at risk are young men in risky environments mm. that have no way out to do or rebuild their lives. They're either in drugs, they're mm. either in gangs. Mm-hmm. So those are the group we target and we bring them in. Mm. So they receive counseling, that process of healing, we teach them a skill. Then mm-hmm. after that, we transition them. Okay. Yes. Okay. Because yeah. one thing I think I've heard again and again in conversations in different spaces mm. is how a lot of young men need mentorship. True. They don't have direction. They don't have guidance. Is that something you've experienced and seen? Yeah, it's something we've experienced because literally, personally, when I was growing up, because mm-hmm. our parents are so busy working. Mm. And the way the society has molded the man has molded him to go figure out things yourself. Yeah. Unlike the girl child who is always guided. Yes. But mm-hmm. for us, it's like, hey, come on, go figure out life. You're a man. You're you a will man. figure it yeah, out. Yeah, be a man. Go and sort out your life. At the end of it all, it's you're making you. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that guidance. And the problem is there's so many things that define masculinity Mm. to an extent a young man is confused which is the right direction for me to take is this the right definition or the right path of masculinity is this one is it this one so he's caught in between Mm -hmm. so we try and make sure like at the end when you come in the program because it's a residential program Mm -hmm. so you come and stay for like a full year okay so a full year you're with us you receive counseling you receive training of skills mentorship through that we bring in other people to talk to you about what manhood is all about Mm. and then at the end of it all we transition you what is manhood (laughs) because like you said there's so many confusing messages around masculinity and one of the things that i find so sad Mm. is people like to uh define a lot of the traits as being toxic i think you've heard that enough times yeah Toxic, toxic, toxic toxic but 
masculinity is not a bad thing so, so what is manhood what is that okay i've always said and it's always nice to do i prefer what i call individual masculinity okay I don't mm. want something that is so blanket. Mm-hmm. It's about how you as a man how do you view yourself? What are those values that you possess as a man? Because mm. there are things people you'll do and they say hey that is so feminine. Mm. For example caring. Men are supposed to not care. <laughs> Apparently, which is not a good thing. Which We don't is want not a that. Good thing. Mm-hmm. So when you say that hey I'm a man and I'm kind. I'm not an alpha male. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, no, there's something wrong with you. I think God intended you to be a woman. <laughs> maybe he went for lunch or something. <laughs> In that process, I was like, no, let's make a man out of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and there's some camps and some spaces yes, like that. Yes, mm-hmm. they are there. So there are those camps that have that. But mm-hmm. one of the things we always tell our young men is, celebrate your individual masculinity. What is that thing that makes you a man? Mm. It's beyond your physical. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we always say it's not about how wide your chest is, it's in the heart that is your chest. Mm-hmm. It's not about the biceps you have, it's the care you give with your hands. Yes. So try and carve your own niche out of that. Your own values. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing we try to insist on. And there are those common values that cut across, mm-hmm. things to do with integrity, things to do with honesty. Those are things that can be taught. Mm-hmm. And once you learn and take that path, it becomes very easy for you to celebrate your own manhood. Okay. <laughs> all right. I like I like. Yes. I like that because we're all different. True. Like you said, you don't believe in these blanket terms and sometimes mm. when you were saying these different messages are coming away, mm. it's like we need to all be like this. Even women get all these messages. Yes. You must look like this, a body like this, hair mm. like this. And we're all different. True. It's about your values yeah. and what you stand for mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yes. Okay, so you are also a business coach, a certified <laughs> business coach. Yes. Yes, yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Tell me about that. Yeah. When did that journey begin? So, I love teaching. Mm-hmm. I think in another life I would have been a teacher. Yeah, I think <laughs> that's what I think. Okay. But I would have taught literature in English. <laughs> literature. So, we yeah. have a love for literature. Yes, yes, I love literature so much. Okay. So, at Amani Sasa, they do empowerment. Mm-hmm. Empowerment of different skills we have videography photography we have audio production mm-hmm. we have other survival skills we call them survival skills but now we realize most of the time we'll give them capital startup mm-hmm. and after 2 3 months they will come back still coming back they want to be part of the program mm. yet we've moved them out of the program we've transitioned them we've given them housing we've given them business startup Mm. but the business just fails. Okay. So there's a module called the Street Business School. Mm-hmm. It's a very it focuses mostly on the basics on how to start a business. The Street Business School. As yes. soon as I saw that I'm like <laughs> I have to ask about this. Yeah, uh-huh. so it's a six month program and mm-hmm. it focuses mostly on the basics of what to take for you to start a business. Mm. And in that module it doesn't focus on capital. Mm-hmm. Mostly it focuses on you as an individual. Okay. So it looks at do you have the necessary skills to start a business? Do you have the time to start a business? Do you have the passion to do a business? Because one thing we realize is that most people want to do businesses just because I saw you doing a business. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, because someone else is talking about yeah, how being a being a boss is the best <laughs> thing in the world. Uh, uh, be your own boss. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we try to just change the whole 
concept of what it takes to run a business mm-hmm. and focus on those ten modules. We want to look at what, for example, one of the things we are looking at right now is how can your gifting earn you money? Mm-hmm. Why don't you use your gifting, charge a price on it, and get money? Mm-hmm. instead of saying no let me do this because now we've been changing from giving them capital mm-hmm. and, and more about skills yes and focus more on what is your gifting what skills do you have mm. are you able to do this business mm-hmm. so you find a summer so let's shift also focus what's in your community what is your community need mm. can you identify what your community needs and charge a price on that Mm-hmm. So that's how the module has been structured and then we teach you basic savings, financial management, how to save money and now if you're part of the group for us it's mandatory you have to save. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you're like every month in your business we expect you to bring 10,000 in your saving group here and keep it here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that helps you to make sure that yeah you also start a culture of saving. Mm-hmm. So the other thing we also realize people start businesses without financial goals or life goals. <laughs> yeah. Now I ask you why do you want to do a business? You're like the why is missing. <laughs> exactly. The yeah. why is not there. So we're like no first give me a why before we have a conversation. You think people just do it what for day-to-day survival or well like you said maybe because they think it's cool to yeah. say you own a business. Mm. Hmm. So I'll give an example of one of the boys I asked them so what is your financial goal why do you want to do a business like I want to raise money and go to Dubai. Wow. <laughs> that was a goal. Yeah, that was his goal. I'm like okay. no 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 no. I need you to go sit down and think again. <laughs> come back to me with something different i need to hear something different mm-hmm. from that mm-hmm. so they took us for that training so you're trying to impact it mm-hmm. to the young people okay so what age group do you work with depending on how vulnerable they are because it's from a recommendation from a social worker then the social worker will come and tell us you have to take this guy maybe he's in a risk environment okay. so but our program is open it's mm-hmm. also open to young moms at risk it's open to the girls so we have it's holistic so i basically work with the men mm. but we have a women's empowerment program that is also there okay yes. okay so age group between 15 to 30 okay our oldest is 29 mm-hmm. yes so how can someone find out more about that we have our community champions that we work mm-hmm. with especially because i'm sure people can volunteer there are yes. very many ways that they yes, can be involved mm-hmm. yeah. so we have our community champions and what we do is we use we have partnerships with other organizations mm-hmm. and also in addition to that is most referrals like someone will be like someone comes gets a service is like hey you need to go back to that place mm-hmm. this and this is happening and i thank god because uh, most of the time We've had good referrals. <laughs> We have a very good referral path and that is something that has really helped us to reach the people, anyone that wants to come in, they are able to come in mm-hmm. and talk about it, we discuss about it how best we can help them. Because maybe someone just needs counseling. We're like, "Yeah, we have an opportunity for you. Mm-hmm. Counseling is open, it's free. Mm-hmm. They counsel there on site, they can help you." Okay. Yeah. You've been in this work for how many years now? <sighs> <laughs> wow. Hard question. Eh? No, it's not hard. I'm just trying to compute it in my head. <laughs> so, working with urban refugees, mm-hmm. this is like my ninth year. Okay. Yes. All right. And working with the youth goes all the way back to even when you were in Kenya. Yes. Is this work rewarding for you? 
yeah it is fulfilling to me and mm-hmm. the reward might not be tangible yeah when i see that transformation in the young people someone that came in this a guy that for instance someone came in couldn't speak english mm-hmm. but in the sixth month the guy is trying to construct sentences in english oh i see this guy that was so hopeless but now he's talking about hey if i leave this place i'm going to start this i'm going to do this i would like to do this in f- that just gives me fulfillment mm. yeah people say it's it's all about the money though money is important I'm not listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Money is always important. Yeah, money is but it's beyond. That. I look at it as a calling like yeah. It's something humanitarian to just stand in the gap mm-hmm. and be able to reach out to someone that is in need and just restore hope. Okay. Yes. Okay. So how can someone get in touch with you as we wrap up? Cuz I'm sure there's <laughs> a lot more that you can share. Yeah, true. I'm a guy that can easily be found. Eh? Where there's a basketball game you'll find me <laughs> among the crowds <laughs> making noise. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, but uh on Facebook I'm David Alana Chudri. Mm-hmm. I'm also on LinkedIn by the same names. Mm-hmm. David Alana Chudri. Yes, mm-hmm. you can find me on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and also at my church. Okay. Uh-huh. Yes. At Trinity Chapel Kampala, you'll always find me there. But thank you so much for taking the time to come and share with me. It's a pleasure. Your experiences mm-hmm. and uh just to point out that there's always hope. Yeah, it is. Cuz I feel like especially with a lot of young people, they're mm-hmm. written off yeah. early in life. People mm-hmm. like that one. Mm-mm. There's True. no point helping mm-hmm. and you you don't <laughs> know how you can make a difference. True. All right. Thank um, you so much. Thank you. You're <laughs> Groove Cafe